Are you ready to become toxic person proof? Hey guys, Sarah K. Ramsey here to help you find love and success after a toxic relationship so you can design a life you're actually excited about living. Hello, wonderful. This is Sarah and I'm here with Davida Ginter and we're going to talk burnout. Many of you, if you have listened to my podcast and listened to my story, you heard the story about me driving completely sober uh, with several of my friends and blacking out while I was driving a car and almost killing some of the people that were closest to me and that I loved the most. So I have certainly experienced burnout in my own life because I did not take care of myself and uh, work very diligently to avoid it in the future. So I'm excited to have a conversation with Davida. She's the author of Burning Out Won't Get You There, which I agree with, (laughs) and excited to have a conversation. How are you? Thank you. I'm well. Thanks, Sarah, and thanks for inviting me to have this conversation. Awesome. So where are we talking to you from? I'm located in Israel, in the northern part of Israel, and it's beautiful I, here, sunny. Yeah. Israel is beautiful. I've been to the Dead Sea and even um, Jerusalem and some of those places. And um, the Dead Sea is gorgeous. People, I don't know if people know how pretty they are. It, yeah, it's, it's quite unique. Yes. Well, so tell people a bit about what you do regarding burnout. Why are you so passionate about burnout? I'm coming from the field of social change. Um I studied leadership for sustainability uh, abroad, came back to Israel, started working with leaders and change makers um, to help them mobilize social change in different areas. And then I noticed so many of the people I've been working with and so many of my colleagues getting stressed out and then burned out. And I was very curious to understand why. Why is it people who... um, are aiming towards sustainability, forget to sustain themselves? Why are people who care so much about other people, why do they neglect that bit of self-care? And so I went to explore. It led me to interview people from all over the world. Then I wrote my book. And from there, we started an organization, which its entire purpose is to support leaders and organization systems with burnout prevention. So what is their why? Why? Why do people get let themselves care about others and neglect to care for themselves? Yeah. Well, there are quite a few reasons for that. Uh, primarily, people who are so committed to their work, really love the work, passionate about it, sometimes just forget to set those self-boundaries. You know, we are passionate about what we do. And so we forget to separate this commitment from our life and forget to integrate self-care into that. On top of that, because we care so much, I, I bet you are one of those people, right? I am. Passionate. I know I can see this about you. You're so passionate about what you do. And sometimes those change makers, they identify themselves with the mission. And so when sometimes we encounter a roadblock, maybe even a failure, we accidentally perceive this as we are the failure, which is a very harmful place to be, right? And so this separation is really important. It's okay to fail. It's okay to make mistakes. It doesn't mean that we are the failure. On top of that, of course, when we are lacking some support, when we don't build a solid support system of other people or some kind of systems, 
then we feel that the burden is just, you know, on our shoulders, which is again a very lonely place to be. So not only it could lead to burnout, we feel just lonely in the in this situation. Add on top of that, you know, some guilt and some, you know, feel weakness around that. And, and then we become to, we reach a very dangerous place where we stand on the edge of burnout. And if we don't, reach out for help and support and start to really explore our well-being, this is what leads to burnout. So let's talk about burnout in two different ways. I want to talk about what happens when you are right there at the edge and then how not to get to the edge, right? Because in my own life, I've been at the edge and uh, not digesting my food, blacked out while driving, um, took a huge crash that took quite a bit emotionally for me to climb out of it. And then currently, every coach I've ever had, you're you're correct in assuming I love what I do so much, because every coach, I, I believe that good coaches have coaches and that they are looking to grow themselves too. And um, the every coach I have, that is what they zero in on is relaxing, burnout, overworking. Mm. I just love. I, I'm so passionate. I, I fit your your description to the T. So um love to talk to both of those people because I do a lot of practices in my own life uh, about not getting. Are you familiar with the phrase the, the end of your rope? Getting to the end of the rope. Yeah. So let's talk to people about the end of their rope and then let's talk to people who don't want to get there. Yeah, of course. And I'm, I'm so happy you bring this differentiation. So when we stand there at the verge of burnout and what we should really do is to pay attention for those signs. By the way, it's also, it's not just for ourselves. It's also for people around us, people that we lead and care about, our teams, our colleagues, whoever it is, our spouse. And so there are basically three major signs that are red flags we should really pay attention. First of all is exhaustion. And I, I've talked to people who told me we couldn't understand this. We slept seven, eight hours a night and we still woke up tired every day because this is emotional exhaustion translated into physical tiredness. And so when we feel like that, we really need to understand that our body signals us something that we should pause, explore, redesign our routine. Something is going wrong there and we should just take a different turn. Now, the next sign is that when we uh, start to feel maybe negative or, or even cynical towards yeah. our mission, towards our mission or towards our colleagues, maybe our boss, we start to receive, people are approaching us and we can basically react being annoyed and frustrated at everything that's going on, right? And maybe you're familiar with that, irritable. And, and that's a sign there because, you know, we all get frustrated every now and then. But when it's constant, that's a red flag right there. And the third one is that we basically start to feel less productive, effective, and even creative. And our sense of self-worth starts to diminish and then really need to check what's going on there. Mm -hmm. So this is what happens when basically we are already too stressed out because burnout is constant stress. Um, Stress by itself is not a problem. It's constant chronic stress. So this is what happens when we really are about to burn out. We need to pay attention. And we want to prevent burnout way before hitting the wall. What's really important is this self inquiry about our needs how can we balance our routine in a way that nourishes us 
right? Mm -hmm. We can work hard, but still be very well if our team is well balanced with those um, nourishing activities, whatever those could be. You know, some people like to uh, go hiking or go running or dancing. And some people actually work in a very hectic environment. They need some uh, peace and quiet for themselves. Some people work alone all day in front of the screen. So their way to balance that would be to socialize with people after work. So there really isn't a one size that fits all when it comes to those well-being practices. This is about knowing yourself, knowing your routine and balance that with the right activities that suit you. So a funny thing about me, I'm an off-the-charts extrovert. You probably have picked up on that already. So, I mean, really and truly in personality tests, I score almost 100% extrovert, which is pretty unusual. Um, And so I do really well if I have to do something that involves me being alone or like working alone at the computer to do it at a coffee shop or something there's energy buzzing around me and then I feel I'm actually getting more done than if I'm in a room by myself because it's like oh, I'm alive people are alive it's everything is good which is a, a probably a funny balance for most people but I actually zero in more because I don't feel alone but I'm happy to be alone alone with others right is my alone with others. So um, getting in nature, I'm assuming, um, a, developing a good sleep routine. Are these some things that you suggest in burnout? Those, prevent- are definitely, those are definitely part of it. I mean, yeah, of course, uh, maintain a healthy routine, physically and emotionally. This is the essence of that. But why, what I would emphasize is do your exploration and choose what works for you according to your own needs. Because what I've observed for years now is that when people are, when they blindly follow others' advice, yeah. that could be even more harmful. So, for example, I see many people that say to me, oh, if I'm a leader, I should probably meditate, right? I see all leaders, good leaders meditate. Wrong. You don't have to meditate to be a good leader. You don't have to meditate to take care of yourself. I have nothing against meditation. Let me just put it. Try that. It's wonderful. But it doesn't suit all people. You really want to know yourself, meet your own needs, and balance your routine in a very healthy way. Mm-hmm. Well, let's talk about the difference in nourishment and distraction. Mm-hmm. I think so much of what we do to unplug ends up being a distraction rather than really giving ourselves that nourishing break that we that, That's a wonderful question. So let me share two insights on that. Um, first of all is that I was, uh, I gave a workshop a while ago for a team of um, startup leaders and I asked them to um, map out their biggest stressors and also what they would like to approach. What would they like to address there? And I was surprised, but still happy to see that they brought up noise cancellation. So we explored into that. What is noise cancellation to you? And they basically told me that wherever they go, they just feel like noise is everywhere. So Mm -hmm. they basically wish they would have a good method to cancel some of that noise, to filter through it and, and, you know, hear their own thoughts and reflections. And I thought this is really powerful. So that's my first thought when you said about noise cancellation. What can we do for ourselves 
to minimize the noise when we need it. Sometimes we're really happy with the noise, like you said, maybe being with other people, but sometimes we really need to actively, very actively find those ways to minimize the noise. My second thought is about those breaks, you said. So when we said to ourselves or to others, right, you need to take a good break there. There's a difference between taking a break and taking a quality break. If you spend your break, I don't know, doing something that is even more disturbing, it could be reading, it could be reading the, the news in a very bad day. It could be scrolling from social media and get really the sense that, um, you know, maybe the sense that everyone else is, is just nailing that other than you, right? This comparison, this harmful comparison. It could be that in your break, you get into a conversation that does not make you feel good or connected. Not all conversations are meaningful and make you feel connected. So what I would say is when you take your break, you want to make sure that it's quality time. You get to spend it however you want, but just make sure that this is what you need right now. It goes back to need, knowing our own needs. Yeah. And personally, the breaks I'm trying to work in uh, are physical. So 10 minutes of yoga, if I have 10 minutes squats, jumping jacks, just because if I am working a long day, the people at the end of my day deserve as fresh of a version of me as the people in my morning, right? Because I'm a morning person, right? So it's something in the evening or my children or my husband that I'm showing up for in the evening, trying to have some energy left over and create that energy throughout the day. Absolutely. Yeah, this is so this is so correct. And and this is also where creative thinking could be really useful. For example, I started doing with my partner walking meetings. We don't have to sit at our desk, desk and talk. We can actually um walk and talk at the same time. This is so helpful. Right. So we can get very, very creative there with how we structure our uh, day, our work, our routines, everything that will get you alive to the other end to the end of the, of the day. Right. Yeah. And thinking about rest and then thinking about creating energy. Is that isn't it both? It's both. When we think of ourselves as some of energies right, then renewable energies are not found just in nature when we are part of nature. So you can definitely look at yourself almost like a solar panel, right? You can create this renewable energy and it's not just, you know, something out there. No, really, we can really regenerate some energy in our body, but also emotional energy, which goes back to the content that you consume, to dialogues, meaningful dialogues. What do you need right now to really regenerate some of this energy within you? So what I, I know from what I do that um, difficult relationships are huge energy drainers. <laughs> and I think sometimes we can have something going on in our lives and pretend it's not happening or be in denial about its impact on our health, physical and mental. Um, do you have any advice to that, to those people? So what I also see, interesting to mention, because the most, um, I'd say, difficult cases of burnout that I witnessed is when people encountered 
major stress not only at work, because burnout is ready to work, but they encountered pressure not only at work, but also in their personal lives. So, for example, I interviewed someone and she told me, I could manage the really hard pressure at work. And I could probably manage my divorce, but it happened simultaneously. And then I was burned out, her words, and then she was hospitalized. And so that is really an important message to say that you want to handle your stress in a very healthy way. Because as I said before, stress itself is not a problem, it's how we cope with it. So going back to your question about personal life and especially relationships, that would be a set of advice. And if to just, you know, give a few without going into therapy here, this is really not my role, but like a very uh, profound advice would be here, first of all, to speak up when you need, really to speak up. To reach out for help, it could also be professional help, counseling, therapy, don't underestimate the need of that. And learning to manage those conflicts in a healthy way. I personally found nonviolent communication extremely helpful in those situations. Really, it helped me to navigate through the conflict instead of running away from conflicts. And lastly, a part which I like to call the art of letting go. (laughs) So not every situation we can control, obviously. All right, but now what do we do? Let's say that we cannot control the situation. Let's say that we did our best. How can we let go? And that's true art there. To remove the guilt, to understand for ourselves, this takes more energy than uplifting my energy. This is is not in alignment with my values, right? It's not taking me for my future vision. This is not helping me become the best version of myself. It's time to let go. Because when I'm the best version of myself, everyone wins. I can keep serving them all, right? It goes back to where we started our conversation. The most committed people are the ones likely to burn out if they don't take care of themselves. Mm -hmm. No, I agree completely. And such a good conversation about we cannot outsmart our bodies, Mm. right? You know, it's like, Mm -hmm. oh fine. It's not bothering me. I can handle it. It's not a big deal. Sure. I can do more. Sure. I can stay late. Sure. I can. Yes. And your research has shown that (laughs) that is not a good idea. It's not working. Right. Yeah. On the contrary, you know, we um, learn, we teach ourselves to be listeners and we ask other people to listen to us and then we forget to listen to our body. Such an irony there. Right. Yeah. No, that's great. Uh, please tell people, Davida, where they can find more about you, find your book, and find more about your work. Oh, thank you. So um, I have my website, davidaginter.com, and my book is published on Amazon, Burning Out Will Get You There. And we also uh, we have our organization that supports people with burnout prevention. It's called Inkindle Global. This is another place to visit us. And on LinkedIn, of course, this is my uh, go-to platform. I love it. Well, thank you. So if you had, if you got to broadcast one message to the entire world, you got one more, and then you got to say something, uh, what would you say? Oh, wonderful. Hmm. I'd say pause the self-judgment 
Mm-hmm. I can't tell anyone to stop that, right? But pause the self-judgment. Explore what's going on there and show some self-empathy. Empathy is not just for other people, towards other people. It's also or primarily to ourselves. Yes. Well, thank you so much, Davida, uh, for coming here to talk to us today and for helping us on our journey to become toxic person proof. Thank you. Hello, wonderful. This is Sarah, and I hope you enjoyed today's podcast. I know that there was something that you can take away to help you get past the past, get real about the present, or get serious about your future. And if I did my job, then hopefully it will help you with all three. If you are not in my Facebook group, Finding Love and Success After a Toxic Relationship, then consider this your personal invitation from me. I'm there live, there's tons of support, and most importantly, tons more information to help you on your journey to become toxic person proof.